Welcome to the Dogsthorpe Infant School. Captain Dave and Eddie are ready to take you all on another learning journey. So sit back and relax. It's time to dream, believe and shine. Five, four, three, two, one. Well, can you believe it? We've been through the Christmas holidays and the New Year holidays, and here we are in a brand new year, 2023, and it's season three of Eddie's Launchpads. Now, in this season, we're going to be back every Friday. So once a week on a Friday, check us out, and we will might even put the occasional extra episodes in. So it's well worth it. Check us out on all of the platforms, or if you can't do that, our website, which is dreambelieveshine.co.uk. We've been through a lot over the past few years, haven't we? Especially the last two. And in many ways, we're still going through a lot. Job worries, housekeeping stresses, education cuts that could be coming up, illnesses, rising rents and mortgages, and of course, the cost of food or the lack of food in our cupboards, not to mention the constant threat of a possible nuclear war across our borders over in Europe. It's no wonder we feel stressed. We are, as our guest today puts it, a million miles from feeling as good as we could be. This is why Eddie has invited Will Hussey onto his launchpad today to tell us all about the organisation he works for, The Art of Brilliance. Phew, what an introduction that was. (laughs) What an introduction. I'm excited and I'm delighted to be here, but actually there's a little bit of trepidation as well. Because I think very succinctly, you've just outlined the problems, the issues, the challenges that we are all faced with. And of course, you know, I'm with an organisation, dare I say a movement, but not in the bowel movement kind of way, which is called (laughs) The Art of Being Brilliant. Which I realise, and your kind of listeners will realise, is a big, bold statement at the best of times, right? And I'm not sure whether right now it feels like um, the best of times. I'd like to think the art of brilliance, what I represent, what my colleagues represent, does pretty much what it says on the tin, because actually I genuinely believe that if you can cultivate the best, the most brilliant version of you, and all of us, whoever we are, have a best version, a 10 out of 10 version, and all sorts of versions that don't quite live up to that, then actually I think everyone benefits. I think uh, if you're a teacher, I think your pupils in the classroom benefit. I think your fellow teachers, your colleagues benefit. I believe your friends benefit. I believe your family benefits. And you know what? Most importantly of all, I think you benefit too. And actually the title might sound a little bit twee, but actually it's based on what we call the science of flourishing. The first positive psychology PhD in this country, 15 years worth of research. And this is about helping people 
to get back to their best. Because you know what? Whatever the challenges, whatever the situations that we are faced with, you on a good day is much better place to deal with those challenges. Because the truth is we can have two very materially similar days. And if you're having one of those nightmare days, right, where everything appears to be going wrong, which is not a coincidence, by the way, because sometimes these things have a little bit of a, a knock-on effect. Well, show me a problem when I'm having one of those nightmare days. And I'll tell you what, it is a problem. Show me that same problem when I'm on a, I'm on a high, I'm having a good day, and I'll deal with it no problem. So I'm not naive enough to be sitting here suggesting I've got a magic wand. I haven't. But this is about actually helping you to possibly refine, to tweak your day to help you get the best out of your day, which, of course, seven of those improves the quality of your week, your month, your year. It's about dealing with your challenges. And I'm just going to share with you before I go off on one here. There's an old medieval English word called a grinagogue, which means someone who is so annoyingly happy they deserve to be punched, <laughs> which I realise I might be coming across a little bit like that at the minute. I'm not talking about, you know, we should be bouncing around with jazz hands, grinagogue level. I'm not talking about that at all. I'm, this is This is not even personal development. The best way I would phrase it, this is... This is, I guess this is not self-development, it's self-remembering. It's about how we can all get back to our best, even when the world is doing its best to throw all sorts of things at us, right? Because the truth of the matter is, the brutal, harsh truth is that as far as we're aware, we only get one shot at this. And if you don't mind me saying this, because being mindful of my of your listeners out there, right? Quite a few of them are going to be parents. Some of them are going to be teachers. Probably quite a few are going to be both. And the same rule applies to teachers as parents, namely that children don't do what you say, they do what you do. So the art of being brilliant is about getting back to your best. And I would suggest if you don't want to consider doing that for your sake, that actually maybe we should consider that for those people who are our nearest and dearest, the people who we care about, because you cannot not have an impact on every single person you meet every day. I am a huge advocate um, of teachers. They do an amazing job. Teachers, nurses, I put them in the same bracket. But the truth of the matter is we can all learn to be better. But actually, a lot of that involves getting better at learning. Right? And I've mentioned teachers because right, I want to do I want to celebrate teachers. And I don't want this comment to come across like I'm bashing them at all because I'm not right. Teachers work flat out. However, you learn all sorts of things at school. Right. And that list is getting longer and longer. You kind of will learn English, math, science, PE, geography, history, RE, music. And I could go on and on. But what we don't do a lot of is we don't learn how to learn, right? If we're talking about learning to be better, if you don't know how to empower yourself and develop those skills that actually help you flourish both in the classroom and outside the classroom, it can all feel a little bit random. We are surrounded now by 24-7 news, by all sorts of channels, whether they're formal channels, 
whether they're social media channels. And do you know what? We're going to have to talk about social media a different time because there's, that's a whole other conversation. But news isn't news. As you've alluded to, news is bad news. Right? News is bad news. Years ago, when I used to watch John Craven's News Round, or even the six o'clock news years ago, it would always finish off yeah, with a little right. sort of ditty about a skateboarding dog or something. <laughs> you don't even get that now, do you? You don't even get that because they're cramming in the bad news. And of course, that makes you think that the world is continuously, predominantly bad. Well, there's good stuff going on out there at the minute. That doesn't mean you could be dismissive of the bad, but it does buy into our evolutionary uh, quirks. We've evolved to notice all the negative stuff. Right? Years and years ago, right, when you were huddled around a fire in a cave trying to keep warm, the one thing you would not do back then, the one thing you wouldn't do is think, do you know what, I'm just going to stick my arm in this hole in the back of the cave because there's bound not to be a snake in there. And you got bitten. That was the end of you. There were no doctors, nurses, vaccines, antidotes, right? So we have grown up, we've evolved over thousands of years at being really, really good at noticing the bad. That's part of your brain called your reticular activating system. So you've got our kind of uh, predilection for noticing all the bad stuff. And then it's compounded by all these messages from society so it's no wonder we're struggling with our mental health. And actually what I try and do is try and not ignore the negative, but actually flip things on our, uh, flip, flip that over a little bit. So we're bolstering our mental wealth and empowering ourselves to get the best out of ourselves and by default, get the best out of whatever situations we're faced with. And I'll tell you why this is important. I'm going to share with you uh, there's a chap called Gordon Moore. I don't know if you've ever heard of Gordon Moore because most people haven't. Right? I think Gordon is still going strong last time I Googled him. But back in the 60s, Gordon was big into chips. And I'm not talking fish and chips. I'm talking microchips. He was the joint co-founder of a computer company called Intel. Right? Yeah. So you've heard of Intel. You've probably got a computer with an Intel chip in it. But back in the 60s, Gordon made an observation, and I promise this is relevant, honestly, and his, uh, his observation was that actually uh, the number of transistors you could fit onto the head of a microchip were roughly doubling every two years because of the rate of technological development and progress. And uh, do you know what? This kind of rate of progress has continued from the 60s broadly speaking, right until the present day. And it's become known as a benchmark, known as Moore's Law. And it's become a measure of kind of this exponential, we all know what exponential means after COVID, don't we? Mm -hmm. Exponential growth of kind of development, technology, progress, or want of a better word. But here's the thing, right? Moore's Law suggests that over the course of the next 100 years, of which the children that the teachers on this uh, podcast are currently uh, going to be um, working with right now, over the course of the next 100 years, judging by today's current rate of progress, those same children are expected to live through 200 lifetimes worth of progress, which is absolutely mind-blowing to me. Absolutely mind-blowing. Now, that, that throws up all sorts of issues. Now, I talked earlier about 
how we need to learn to be better, which requires getting better at learning. And this has got huge implications because in schools everywhere, there are teachers working harder and harder, working faster and faster, trying to do more and more of which this curriculum is actually going to be very, very outdated a lot quicker than you realise. Now, I'm not knocking curriculums. You've got to teach something. I'm not knocking the hard work that teachers are doing, but actually they just end up doing more and more and more, and I think it's a false economy. What we've got to be helping teachers and learners is not to do more, but to be more, okay? So if they can be at their best, then whatever the world is going to throw at them in the next 200 lifetimes, they can rise to the challenge. And this comes down to what I call resilience, right? And there's two words I'm interested in, brilliance and resilience. Now, I spell resilience slightly differently. I spell it R-A-I, as in raise, because actually resilience to me has got connotations about actually we just have to stick at it. We have to keep on keeping on. We have to endure. And actually, I think resilience should be something that actually moves us up a little bit. It moves us from surviving to thriving. And this is what we should be teaching in schools. And there's a, a tangible program and a way that you can do it that helps children to uh, take responsibility. Because teachers know, right? Teachers, they all know you cannot make children learn. Yet they're expected to. They're expected on a daily basis to, well, what progress have they made today? We well, can't do any of that, but you can create the climate, okay? But there's five different distinct stages, and I call these flavours of resilience. And again, we haven't got time to go into it in detail, but I'll just give you a brief overview of what I call the five R's, because once you get these five R's, then actually this is, this is the key to doing less, and being more. This is when actually students get a little bit of momentum. This is when they start being able to self-regulate because it's all about behavior. It's about what you put in rather than this kind of obsessive focus on what's got out at the end of the day. Okay. It always amazes me, amazes me that teachers are responsible for this child's learning. Yet you're not responsible, are you, for what the child's had for for breakfast that morning or whether mum came home last night or dad did come home or what they watched on telly or what time they went, but I could go on and on, right? So this is about an input. And these are five flavours of behaviour. And these are key to learning to get the best out of you. Number one is what I call being receptive. Essentially, are you up for it? And teachers will know, you'll have pupils that walk into the class, you know, they kind of, sag down in a chair right and actually you can't just go ahead you can't go ahead and, and start teaching long division right it's pointless however great the lesson is it's not going to work so you've got to be up for it secondly it's about risk it's about being brave and taking risk most of us don't right whether you're seven or whether you're 77 we all like to stay within our comfort zones because of something called tribal thinking. We're worried we're going to get kicked out, kicked out of the tribe, and there's all sorts of reasons, right? But we, we kind of, because we don't like to take risks, you never 
really extend yourself. You know, you never put yourself in a place where you can grow just in case you fall over and get laughed at. Thirdly, what you need to be is someone who I describe as a retainer, someone who's prepared to stick at it. And again, most of us don't stick at it because for all sorts of reasons, because it's hard, uh, we'd like to think we give it a go. Um, and and we've, we've kind of we've got bodies built for performance and brains programmed for efficiency. So as soon as stuff gets a little bit too hard, we go back to our default setting. So we never really push through the barrier to get the benefit of it. And there's all sorts of issues in classroom as well, because if you've got a curriculum that is ridiculously full on, then actually you don't have time to pursue and persevere with things until a, a, a adequate level of comprehension and understanding is reached. You know? So there's all sorts of issues there as well. But you need to, and I'm just going to mention very quickly, right? There is, I bet you've got tons of your primary uh, teachers, primary practitioners out there that are sort of banging their head against a brick wall because they're teaching the same thing, place value, sort of every half term in year two and year three and year four and year five and year six. And the reason is because you've not stuck at something sufficiently enough for children to learn it in the first place. So here's a radical thought. Let's spend time doing it properly in the first place. And I don't mean that, you know, teachers aren't being professional and doing a fantastic job. Give them the time to pursue it so it resonates at an adequate level so you don't have to go back and revisit it all the time. It's crazy. Fourthly, because there's five of these R's, what you need to be, uh, what we need our pupils to be, is a refiner. In other words, someone who takes responsibility for their own learning and to appreciate that uh, despite the messages from YouTube and Instagram and whatever it might be, you are not anybody else. You are unique. And what works for you, do you know what? It's not the same as what works for anybody else. And once you appreciate that and you appreciate the responsibility of that, then actually the ball is in your court, but it's a little bit empowering too. And ultimately what we need people to be able to do is to be a redefiner, which is actually to look at themselves, to see themselves differently. And by about the age of seven, most of us have already picked up a pretty good idea about what we're good at, what we're not good at, what we can do, what we can't do. And we spend the next 77 years behaving like we're actors or actresses in a play where we're following a script. And that's great if that script is empowering. But I'll tell you right now, there's a lot of scripts out there that don't help pupils, teachers, people get the best out of themselves. So I guess my message is that, you know, you're not an actor or an actress in a play, uh, or if you are, you've got permission to act out of character. You cannot change the beginning of your story, but actually you can change the ending and you can change the middle. That's what this is about. We've got to respect teachers. It winds me up no end to see a constant stream, a narrative, whether it's in the press or whether it's from Ofsted or the government, about how teachers need to get better at doing this. And I think what we need to do is respect our teachers, respect them. They spend three years, four years, whatever it is, training to do their job. And actually, I think what we need to do is get out of their way, get out of their way, 
let them make the connections with the people and how they with the pupils and how they perceive to be the best possible way you know they're, they're teaching 30 let's take primary uh let's take primary teachers 30 pupils each with their unique quirks backgrounds personalities challenges skills now if you if you add in the interaction between the 30 pupils with one another and the whole dynamic you get there that is so complex that is you cannot have a spreadsheet that will signpost your way to success we've got to allow teachers just to breathe to trust them right to to allow them to do their job the people that are trained to do it, the people that work with those children day in day out and with the families we've got to trust them to do it because i'll tell you something we've talked about and we started this conversation talking about well-being and the the challenges that are faced teachers are carrying all of the well-being on their shoulders of the pupils in their class you're not telling me teachers just switch off when they go home absolutely not absolutely not let's give up the teaching community need a break and i did i think i made a comment to you that actually we can all i said you know we can all learn to be better which means being better at learning this is this is applicable this is stuff that works inside and outside the classroom i'm not sugarcoating anything uh, the world is what it is i can't suddenly make the price of petrol 10 a litre yeah. cheaper but actually you can nudge yourself. There's things you can do to nudge yourself a little bit closer to the 10 out of 10 version of you, which is a good thing for everyone. And it's what you deserve, right? The world needs you. Listeners, uh, what, however you feel about this conversation that we're having, don't forget that you can always come back to us and, and comment. We've got, we're, all on, we're always on social media at Doug Salp Infants. Come on, if you've got a question to ask or anything you want to put forward, if, if there's enough questions, it'd be lovely to have Will back onto the show like we do with Sue Atkins to come back onto the show and to maybe talk about how you're feeling at the moment. That would be great. And Will, would you would you consider coming back on the show to talk about the social media thing? Because obviously that's a that's a whole new ball game with how it influences our young people and how it affects their their well being and their happiness, isn't it? Do you know what? I'd love to come back on and talk about social media or the weather or whatever you had for tea last night. <laughs> anything. Anything. It's been well, my pleasure. Well, let's thank thank you, Will. Now, for schools that are listening, um, and for even maybe parents who want to have a look at your website, uh, where where's the best place for them to go? So, if you Google theartofbrilliance.co.uk, and I hope I've got that right, you'll find all sorts of information about my organisation and my colleagues, the sorts of things we do. We work with schools, we work with real people as well. We work <laughs> with seven, we work with people who are 107. Um, there's something for you because this is, you know, this is not about, this is not about phonics. This is about people and helping people to get back to their best. Well, that's it for another week, folks. Captain Dave and Eddie will be back again soon with another launch pad. They'll have more great guests, more places to see, and more interesting things to share on the learning journey. So, until next week, 
be kind, be respectful, and always remember to dream, believe, and shine. <laughs>